Welcome to SV Pod, Stanford Steve. Traveling in fancy circles down here these days. Big time Marylander joins the pod. How are you, big fella? Good. How are you, buddy? You got a nice little tan going there. It's cold in Maryland. I was out in the yard all day today putting up putting up Griswold family Christmas stuff. Oh, that was going to be my question at the end. So you already do have the tree up. Up. Bought it. The whole the whole bit. We knocked it out on Monday. Got back from Florida and knocked it out. You aren't stopping. You're. A, you're I mean, I thought you were going to wait till December. You're in the holiday ready to go. I... I don't know what the date is. I mean, ideally, it would at least be a 12 on the calendar. It is not. It's the very end of November, which is earlier than I typically do it. Mm -hmm. But we got some logistics going on. Got some just this weekend's not going to work. And you supply chain issues. I'm like, I I can't have a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, man. We were we were we were right up in your neighborhood, by the way. Yeah. You know that that spot? uh, The good earth spot. Yeah. Free plug there right go. there. Right Garrison. around the corner. Yeah. Christmas tree only costs 300 bucks. What? Exactly. I don't want to talk about it. How tall is it? It's big and it's fat. We got a fat Christmas tree. I like a fat tree. Yeah. You know, feels festive. Put, more, put more ornaments on there. A lot of so, water, though. And take a lot of water. That's fine. It's going to have to, it need it. it it's gonna drink a lot of. But I don't. I don't want to drown it. But I mean, we got. We got to make it to the twenty fifth. It might be Charlie Brown Christmas tree. There might not be a needle on that bad boy in a month. So we got lights outside on the house. That happened today too. Don't you, you were on a ladder? Let me ask you a question. <laughs> remember, remember how I've explained to you through the, all the years we've known each other. My, my dad was a plumber. Right. My dad worked for a plumbing company. My dad explained to me, Buzz, you either got to know how to do it or you got to have a guy. Yep. So and and when it comes to the lights. Yep. We, we got a guy. Got a guy. And, and that's, and, and you know, got to have got to have a guy because this we got all sorts of trees. It's, it looks great. Left the house tonight and uh, and it looks festive. Nice. And we got a lot to get to. Uh, by the way, people. Uh, People really enjoyed the the uh, turkey talk last week. Yeah, I, I yeah, a lot of my friends reached out to me. They enjoyed it. They liked the perfect plate talk. I sent you a picture of my plate, by the way. I'm not going to put it on Twitter because no. people would just say the no. food looks like it looks like it looks like prison food or something, which it doesn't. But I'd fight you if you said that the food didn't look correct. I would never do that. I was just happy to see that you got your corn. That whatever that corn is, it looked scrumptious. It was. Yeah, we. It was a it was a, a quite an eating display that went on at our place. I gotta at least ask quickly. Noggy, huh? Big win. Big win by Noggy. 14-7 was down seven nothing. I can't remember the last time and Sonia blew a lead. Uh stops a streak of over a hundred wins in a row in the NBL. That's which, incredible. You yeah, have a, but that's it. That that what you're shaking your head. It's not, it's not that. Big of it. It doesn't mean anything. Like people outside of Ansonia are making a big, more of a big deal than it is. It's a hundred and something game winning streak. It doesn't like the competition is not great, Scott. I'll just say that. What about Wolcott? Yeah, Wolcott hasn't been up for a couple of years. Okay. They're still trying to figure things out. All right. Um, 
Well, anyway, so congrats to Noggy. I mean, they, they, I, that hurt me when I saw that. I didn't, I didn't even know how to bring the subject up. So I just ignored it. Yeah. And then the God awful CIAC, uh, Connecticut state football plan. Now the teams buckle up and play Tuesday. Nice uh, player safety. Say that out, out loud again, just so people understand how preposterous this is. They Noggy and, 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 and Sonia played Thanksgiving yep. Thursday and they play again on the team, well, they're in different classes now, but then the awful Connecticut uh, framework of the playoffs. So you play a quarterfinal Tuesday night. Then you, if you win that, you play a semifinal on Sunday. And then if you were to make the final, you play the following Saturday. That's preposterous. The teams yeah. up there have like Terrible. 30, they have like 30 people on the team. It's, it's Connecticut. It's a joke. It's it's awful. Awful. No. Um but right, well, we, we've done yeah. the bookkeeping from last week, and man, a lot has happened since we last talked. I, uh, I think, um, I think we got to st- we got to start in college because th- yeah. there's been massive, massive news here with Lincoln Riley taking the USC job. Saturday mm-hmm. night they lose in Stillwater. Bedlam lived up to its name. The game was insane. Oh, Not a game. I mean, it was. It wasn't well, I shouldn't say it wasn't well played. Like it's just there were a ton of mistakes, but Bedlam. it was exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it ends with Oklahoma with a, a chance I didn't think they were going to get. They got basically a couple of chances in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. And Oklahoma State wins. Lincoln Riley gets asked after the game about LSU. I'm not, I'm not going to be the coach at LSU. And it turns out he wasn't. <laughs> but man, are Oklahoma people pissed. And on some level, I get it. I mean, no, on a lot of levels, I get it. It's Saturday night. You're playing your biggest rival. If you win, you're still in the hunt for the playoff. You lose. You wake up Sunday morning, your guy's leaving. Uh, all the recruits that were in the, you know, in the pipeline, like they're decommitting. Like it, it, it all fell apart in a mm-hmm. day. I mean, fell apart. But y'all got to remember when you decided you didn't want to be in the Big 12 anymore, you made a business decision. Yeah. And you left. And I guess OU's president said Monday he would have preferred a little more heads up. (laughs) I guess Mr. Bowlesby probably would have as well. But sometimes you make a decision that you think is best for you. And if it hurts a bunch of people, well, you're just going to have to live with that. And that's what Lincoln Riley did. Um, We're talking to him on Monday night for SportsCenter. And I I mean, the thing I'm most interested in is the thing he'll never. It's none of my business, really, but it's still the thing I'm most interested in. And that's the timeline. Like, are you coaching Saturday night knowing you have to be. You don't just wake up on Sunday morning and go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to USC. So, I, and LSU, I think it's fair to say, thought he was coming. Um, there's, at least a, there's at least a little bit of chatter that would indicate that they they believed that maybe he had some interest. I don't know how, if, if one was played against another. Doesn't matter. You know the Pac-12, you played in it. How significant is it? I think it's huge, uh, huge for the conference. I mean, what is he, 38? I think he's 38 years old. I have no idea. Um, and he's already put five years in. Uh, you know, people want to talk about the lifestyle. He talked about he thought it was a great chance, uh, you know, to improve his family's lifestyle, you know, going to Southern California, um, reading the quotes here from the press conference, uh, wasn't afraid to take a risk. He's taking a risk. But when you look at it in its totality, I think – especially now with the conference and SC not having the success that we've, 
we've seen them have. I mean, earlier in this decade or, you know, whatever, those early 2000s, it was it was must-see TV. USC was. Uh, Liner, Reggie Bush, all the guys. I mean, pro after pro uh, coming through there. And you saw it you know, going to games, whether it's Will Ferrell and Snoop Dogg. Like, the sidelines were a, a who's who of celebrities. Like, that yep. that was the spot, man. It was nuts. It was, it was 10 deep on the sidelines for, for those SC games. It was nuts. And playing in the conference, they were a little down. I played right before Carroll came in. Uh, but knowing, just talking to guys and, and how they, oh, hey, did you get it? Did you, did SC offer you? Are you going to take a visit there? Like that was the team. That was the team. And when you look at it in its totality, it still is the team in the conference. And like I said, it's a monster, monster name for a monster program. And you got to think everybody wants that quick fix, right? And the way this recruiting thing's going and, and guys are dropping, uh, I look at the, the, the road ahead. And when I, when I say that it's, it's SC, I think SC is the best job in the conference. And with Oklahoma going to the SEC, I don't think Alabama is the best or Oklahoma's close to the best job in the conference when they're going to make that move. So to make a move, to get to that road, to get to the playoff, whatever the playoff means down the road, I think, I think success is, is easier to attain at SC than it is in Norman. Interesting. The quote from their AD, Mike bone, <laughs> I mean, it. <laughs> you did it. Say what you want. It was never our goal to change the landscape of college football with one of the biggest moves in the history of the game. But we did exactly that. Oh, <laughs> well, bully for you. And I, I look, OU fans are super mad. That's mm-hmm. not as good a job. This and that. Look, you guys, Castiglione is a phenomenal AD. You guys have succeeded before. You'll succeed again. Mm-hmm. But SC's SC, and you're not. Yep. And that's not to say that, you know, it's like it's like arguing with rich people. It's like, OK, you're super rich, but you're not Be- you're not Bezos. OK, mm-hmm. you're not Elon Musk. And it pisses rich people off to not be as rich as the richest person. <laughs> so you're rich. You Oklahoma. You're just not as rich as they are. And you're not in Los Angeles. And now you're going to you're going to the SEC and uh, that's fascinating. That's a whole other conversation, which what's that going to look like? I mean, man, that's going to be a, (laughs) that conference is preposterous, but to the point you make about having maybe a more, a more direct path Mm -hmm. where your advantages there are more, are more significant than they would be at Oklahoma. There's no question about it. Um, What is interesting? He, Went to Texas Tech. He coached at OU. So his footprints in the Big 12. You need people that know the local landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a bunch of recruits that were coming in the 23 class. Top quarterback. What's his name? Malachi Nelson. That's his last yeah. name, I think. He was coming. Now he's not. I assume he'll go to SC. I assume. Um, he'll recruit anywhere. But yeah. you still need people that know the politics and the lay of the land. Because like the, the biggest talking point has become that SC, oh, they, don't, they can't recruit this and that. Well, they don't, their recruiting class this year is awful. Last mm-hmm. year was seven. They had a top 10 class last year. Okay. Top 10 class. Mm-hmm. So you, if you can retain and, and, and they, they, they quarterbacks got away, right? Alabama's quarterbacks yeah. from where California. Well, the last three California quarterbacks all left the conference. Well, my guess is that now that the quarterback whisperer <laughs> is coaching, you're probably going to do fine. So yeah. it, Fundamentally, what Bones said, even though it's just reeks of 
air unintended or intended arrogance. It's it's right. It is seismic. It, it, they change the landscape. And and now you got to win because mm-hmm. people are insane. I mean, look, look at the look at this cycle. Look at the names that everybody was talking about when SC and, and uh, LSU came open mm-hmm. in the fall. Three biggest names that I saw linked were James Franklin, Jimbo Fisher, Matt Campbell. Those were the three. You know how many losses those guys had this year? Four, five, and five. That's how many games they lost. I mean, and Jimbo's won, but he won at Florida State. And yeah, he's recruiting his butt off. But and this is where AM fans get mad at me. And like, you can get mad at me all you want. Like, I'm not, t- this is not my opinions when I talk about where you guys finish in the SEC West. Right? You can look it up, you know what they are. Mm-hmm. It's incredible how impatient people are. And it's incredible how, I mean, SC's excited now, but if when they're bad in the fall, if they're bad, people are going to be like, I don't know, Lincoln, you know, quit. You better get this thing up and going. Yeah. And let me tell you, when I watched them play at BYU Saturday night, and I saw statistically they were the they were they were the last in most every statistical um, uh, category on defense. Like they got some stuff to fix, man. Mm-hmm. But with the portal, uh, you bring in the right staff. I, I guess this is me wasting a lot of everyone's time listening to me ramble. Like, how quick is the turnaround? Is it is it a quick three point turn? I mean, is it like bang? They're great immediately. I would think within two years, they would be at the top of that that division. Um, I just saw an Arizona State running backs going in the portal. Like, it's just ever-changing now. I mean, it's not a strong conference. We know that. Look at the draft. Look at what teams have done in, in, in playing these games. So, I yeah. think, you know, is, are they going to be as good as those old teams? No, they're not going to be. But the no. fix is right there, and the road is that much clearer. And it's free. It's free agency now. It's free agency. And it'll be nuts to see how many people are going to try to get on that train. It'll be Mm -hmm. nuts. And and so I think I think two years, you don't get two years anymore. You just Mm -hmm. don't get that. You don't. You got to be great now. Um, And and if you're not. That's where it's fascinating to me to see, you know, how much like how much how long does Jimbo get before like. People aren't people aren't arguing with you on the internet and like I mean you guys lost four games man you lost four games is that terrible of course not that's 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 okay mm-hmm. until it's not yeah until it's not and college football's nuts it's insane but I like Saturday to me was as good a day as you could oh. have I mean we didn't even get to Scataway what's up dirty turfs <laughs> going bowling hey listen. Hey, that was genuine happiness. I watched the whole game. I watched them on the sidelines. Nobody, I mean, you could just tell they brought everything on themselves knowing, hey, and, and this is what drives me nuts, man. I, all I did in college was want to go to a bowl game. There you that's go. All, that's all we wanted, man. And to see those guys take a team picture in the end zone, like locks, got his hands up. Like it's an accomplishment, man. It's a step forward. That's, that, that's what it's about, man. Like, you know, people yes. want these quick fixes. Hey, let's go to a bowl. We got the recruits. He's doing a good job there, but we need something to show for it. Let's get some extra practice time. You have you have to win games at some point. Yeah. And, and, and listen, there are lots of programs and then across the country, there are far more that are like Maryland than there are like USC Correct. or Ohio State or the people that 
win titles every year. And so you have to build to the point that you beat the people that look, who'd Maryland beat this year? They beat West Virginia. They beat Illinois. They beat Indiana. They beat Rutgers. Like th- those are the types you got to beat the teams that, that, that are in your weight class. Yeah. And then, and then over time, you got to see if you can punch with Penn state. Correct. Can you consistently trade? Can you, you can lose those games, but you can't lose 59 to 13. Like you got to be able to compete. And so there are a, these bowl games. I get it. Do they matter? Well, to a program like Maryland is trying to get to a bowl that's trying to win a six game. Yeah, they, they matter that. And it mattered to them. And so mm-hmm. it was, it was cool to see them win because the same stakes were there for Rutgers as they were for exactly. win a game. And you get to, you get that month of practice, you get to bond, you get to give young guys more chance. And, and that's one level of college football where you're just hoping to take a step forward. But when you're in the deep, deep water, which is where the stakes were the highest on Saturday, which is why that Ohio State Michigan game was so awesome. Like, that's a whole different deal. I clearly understand that. I was, I picked Michigan and winners. Actually, Charlie did. Shout out to my boy. Um, and so I was pulling, I wanted to see them win because they've, they've been the nail for way too long. And man, did they swing the hammer on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That scene, though, in the snow, the way they ran it on them, the way they won, like, it had to be the most satisfying afternoon for Michigan fans of many of their lives. I say their lives, Steve. If you're older, sure, you've seen it. But if you're young, they've kicked your ass eight straight years, man. Harbaugh never beat them. And they were awesome on Saturday. No doubt. And, and the only way to do it was to beat them. And the way they beat them, knowing they had to use the physicality, rushing for almost 300 yards. Uh, the offensive line was great. The the dominance those two defensive ends showed against those poor tackles from Ohio State. Um, give a lot of guys credit that did their homework on that. They said that was the matchup, and Michigan would dominate. Uh, and they did. And knowing what's at stake when with, with Stroud and those receivers, just they don't let up, man. Nope. And to know you can't give them the ball back without scoring again and then just to run it down their throat while the other team knows that you're going to run it down their throat and the whole stadium knows that you're going to run it down their throat, that's what it's about. And that was the only way to get some respect was to win the football game that way, and they finally did it. And I'm really, really happy for that program, that that staff, that just – Stuck it out, man, Like, because no one gave him a shot um, besides you and winners. No big deal. Um, but the only way to do it was to win. That's it. You couldn't take another close loss. You couldn't take another blowout loss. You had to win, and they ran it down their throat, and it was awesome to watch. To quote Marshawn, over and over and over, run through a face. <laughs> um. That they that that had to be that's what's satisfying. It yes. wasn't fluky. Ohio State no. didn't fumble a punt. You just over and over and over. And then Michigan managed to do a really interesting thing. <laughs> they managed to act like the last eight years didn't happen. Mm. They, which I get. You should be happy. But like when Ohio State and Ohio State fans, you guys want to act like Saturday didn't happen. You want to just taunt them with what you did for all those years. You know what? You both could just. Relax. Ohio State, you dominated them. Everyone knows it. Hey, Michigan, you dominated them Saturday. We saw that, but they kicked your ass for 
basically eight straight years. So both things can simultaneously be true. I was happy for Michigan too. That was, that was spectacular. The Iron Bowl was nuts, and it sets up a real interesting week of conversation about if Auburn's defense was able to, to rein in Alabama like that, what's Georgia's going to do? But, but I, here's what I think is interesting, Steve, is that this is the rarest of rare things. This is Alabama as a true underdog mm-hmm. where they can sell that they are and they can spend all week telling their guys they are, mm-hmm. but quietly in their room with each other, I think they know they are. Like, I think they know who's wearing those silver britches on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I think they know that's real. But I, this is this is basically a one-off for Nick Saban at Alabama. A chance to, to be an underdog and legitimately be an underdog where, like, I'm not saying they're not capable of winning. Of course they are. But it's fascinating to see them wearing this, 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 uh, Label, yeah, underdog, underdog, because they are. Yep, and and their their issues are out there. Offensive line, you you touched on it, and I give Auburn a ton of credit for what the last month of their season has been, and just to get up and just say we're going to play our butts off and play the best defensive game we can. They How do they not that. go for two? How do they not go for two when they score? Yeah, gotta go for two if it's going to turn into a two point contest anyway, man. Let's roll the dice. We're six and five. Yep. One play to one play to win the game. One play to win the game. Two yards. Get it. Had to go for two. And you and I kind of laugh about like, you know, and, and the way everyone talks now is if you don't go for every fourth down and yeah. you ever kick a field goal, you're <laughs> some loser. No, that, that's bullshit. <laughs> you can take points sometimes. It's okay. You're yes. allowed. But in that case, how you don't go for two, I don't, I have no idea. None. You like that's Georgia? Right. You like Georgia in that game? I don't. You like Bama? I do. I think the capability of Young, and you talk about stepping up. I mean, on the road. I mean, I've been. You've been there. I've been there. Jordan Hare is most underrated state. Like I say, underrated because I feel like not a lot of people have been there where they've been to other venues. You know, I agree with that. But that place is real, man. Um, we obviously know the hatred. But to see Bryce Young do what he did without his number one guy, who's the biggest game breaker on the field, and just the way he could continue to extend plays. Now, is he going to get himself into trouble trying to do that a lot against Georgia? Yeah, because they have 11 madmen coming at him. But I still think Alabama's talent on the outside is going to strain Georgia's secondary, and they haven't seen anything like this. And I'm look, I'm going down the slate, Scott. I looked last night. Uh, when I got home from the Ravens game, I I like every underdog this week in Championship Week. Every you, single one. Who are you talking to? <laughs> who I are mean, you talking, I, who are you talking just, to over here? <laughs> I mean, Michigan's coming off the, the greatest win in, in, in the Harbaugh era. You talked about it, how enjoyable of an afternoon that is. Think about how long they had. That was a noon game. They celebrated probably until now um, with Christmas, uh, yep. I should say, with, with Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, and now you're, I mean, I don't, I don't, maybe he's beaten him once, but he hasn't had good success against Iowa. I know that. Yeah. And I mean, just I th- the I way thought- Iowa is w- with the style is it, it's totally different. And to be given double digits, that's, that's a lot, man. Uh, I agree. I, I, I agree. I, and listen, the, the weight, it's so much harder to be the one on the inside of the playoff. That's where you'd rather be because yep. you know, if we, win, we go, but that, that the weight of that 
That's heavy for these young guys. Yes. Cincinnati. If Cincinnati wins, are they in? Uh, not if Bama, not if Bama wins. Yeah. I still think they got to worry about Oklahoma State. I, yeah, that's if if Cincinnati beats Houston, if Georgia wins, if 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 Georgia wins, it's Michigan wins. Um, how's this going to work? It'll be if Michigan wins, Georgia wins. Who's the other one I'm missing? Who else is in there right now? Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State or Alabama's there now, but right, 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 right. So Oklahoma State theoretically takes over for Bama if they if they win. I just I'm confused. Well, here's the deal. I thought I had it. I thought I had it figured out, but now it's like if if Bama wins and Oklahoma State wins, and if Cincinnati doesn't go, then they 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 just uh, then never never have uh, anyone. Any don't have whoever's in charge of the BCS on Reese. Reese, you get Tuesday nights off. Okay, just say in the end it doesn't matter because we're going to screw the little guy. What is Coach Holgerson's pregame speech? Hey, we're I, look. I, 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 we're gonna. I'm gonna have an after party, regardless. So we might as well make it a good one. We might as well win this. All right. I love Hoagie. Oh, that's a scary spot, man. That's another another ten and a half points spread. Give me Houston. Give me Houston. All of them. I love all the dogs. It's just so much. I always do, as you know. But it's just going to be it's the 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 stress and and especially like for Cincinnati because you're going to be like thinking not only do we have to win, you you're worrying about how you win. Mm -hmm. They got to go if they win. And Oklahoma State game is at noon, and then Cincinnati plays at four. So, man. It, it it sets up for an awesome, awesome day. Awesome. Last, last Saturday, though, was as good as it gets. I, I didn't mention the Michigan State-Penn State snow game. That was as good a snow game as I'd seen in forever. It's, you couldn't see Penn State. On I know. Television. I was just going to say that. You couldn't see their uniforms. I give Michigan State all the credit in the world. Like, they beat a team that is essentially invisible. They beat an invisible team. <laughs> <laughs> like, how the hell did you do that? They, Michigan State was invisible. Uh, Penn, uh, Penn State was invisible once the snow uh, really piled up that it's Saturday. And it was just great all the way through bedlam, the whole bit. I loved it. I loved the day so much. I, uh, I just want to shout out, uh, the people in Pullman, Washington for rushing the field in Seattle. That had to be a pretty good feeling. Uh, had wazoo and just, I stayed up late just to see, cause I knew it was happening. Like you talk about letting it all out in, in lieu of a victory, and they don't care what Washington was this year. They no. needed a win in that Apple Cup, and it was awesome. Awesome to see. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. 
Before we move on, a couple things I want to mention. First, across all of ESPN, we're kicking off V-Week on November 30th. We do it every year around the start of the college basketball season to honor our teammate, Jim Valvano, by supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research, the foundation he announced in his unforgettable SB speech so many years ago. And Jim's message of don't give up, don't ever give up means even more to us this year than ever before. We're seeing it hit especially close to home with our beloved teammate and cancer fundraising champion, Dick Vitale, and his recent cancer diagnosis. If you're able to join us today in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research, you can give by going to v.org slash donate now. And finally, listen to our friend Steve on his podcast, Stanford Steve and the Bear. They're picking championship week winners on Wednesday's show. You can follow Stanford Steve and the Bear wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. Speaking of awesome, brotherhood. How about Bancaro and Duke? That game against Gonzaga, you talk high level. I mean, 22,000 in that arena, and it was right. It felt like it was half and half, too. Like, and it, it felt was like a awesome. final four, felt like a final four yes. game or a regional final game. No like, doubt. Get, get regional finals in Vegas immediately. Oh. That place was on fire, and man, can Paulo play. Holy crap. He, he, everything he does looks unhurried. And like, there was this one sequence where he got a rebound. He took off on the break and he threw an alley-oop and he's a freshman and he's six ten. So like if the handle was like a little bit dodgy or if he was in a real, if he was in a big fat hurry to try to throw the alley-oop, like some portion of it, he would have messed it up. Mm-hmm. But the handle was smooth. He was patient, made the defender commit, throws a perfect, I want to say it was to Williams, the alley-oop he threw, who played his ass off in that game. And and I just watched it. I thought, as impressive as all the rest of this stuff is that the guy does, it's just how easy every bit of that one sequence was to me. And I thought, uh, this is hot take or whatever the hell you want to call it. Kay's had a zillion dudes, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's had one that's like this. I, I I think the combination of size and skill is just unique to him. And I know you're, I mean, everyone knows you're a Duke fan. Does that sound crazy? No, not at all. Because he had, like you talked about, he has everything. And there's nothing he, he can't, the athleticism. And the other thing, I, he's enormous. Like he, I, he just, I, the way, the look and everything is so fluid and That's natural. What I'm saying. That's what it, I'm trying to say. It, it's It's crazy to me what he does. I do want to point out, I think there's, two things that stood out in my mind. Okay. And one is Wendell Moore. And that guy was, 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 he was, you know, not to this level, but he was supposedly a one and done guy. And he got humbled real quick in his early Duke career. And to be able to stay and become the leader and, and gotten himself so much, but like he might be their best ball handler. Like they're going to need him uh, down the season to handle the ball because the two young guys are still young. And just the, uh, the, 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 I don't want to say bravery, but just the guts and the in the balls he showed uh, to be like, hey, you know what, guys, we'll get we'll get us we'll get us settled there. Give me the, give me the ball. And one other thing on Gonzaga, and this is what shows. I think Duke. I mean, Williams has been great. Uh, he really came in his own last year. But that just shows if you got, and that's what my problem with Gonzaga a lot of times is they don't see anything. But Duke had guys that could defend Timmy, and I know he was in foul trouble, but they had guys that could not just let. Um, you know, the, the bigs for Gonzaga go. And I thought that was huge because it took him out of a lot of stuff. You make a great point on more. I love the fact that you're allowed to stay in college more than a year. 
You're allowed to stay. And guess what? You probably experience stuff that's going to help you in life on so many different levels, whether you, what's what you learn in a class or what you learn from the people you meet that aren't from where you're from and all the rest of it. And he's still going to end up in the pros. Yep. Um, I thought Gonzaga was going to win anyway. They didn't. They'll, they're obviously fine. They're loaded. But the WCC this year is better than it's been in a while. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost a couple of times in this season just because the WCC's got some teams. Now, they're also going Gonzaga's also going to win games by 40 points cuz they're yes. just they're just a lot better than people. But that league, people just dismiss it. It's actually check it out. That there's there's some teams out there that can go. St. Mary's pretty good. BYU uh, BYU is really good. They beat the crap out of Oregon, but Oregon looks like a mess early on, but they'll be mm-hmm. they'll be good in March cuz uh, they always are under Holtman. San Francisco um, has played really, really well this year uh, at the start of the season. And they've got some other wins. They've beaten some other big-time uh, power conference teams out of conference. So, uh, I don't know. I just I just was paying attention to that. And I thought, you know, Gonzaga's – look, they're – again, I thought they are going to win the other night. They didn't, and that's credit to Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, but, boy, was that atmosphere fun. Uh, yeah. The thing – I have something I hate. Oh. oh it's coming off the Gonzaga-Duke game. Um, oh, I, I know exactly where you're going with it. I had it written down. Go ahead. Steve and I have lengthy lists talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. Once a week, one thing a week. Here's what I hate. I hate that our reaction as a company to that game is to talk about talk about Boncaro and Chet Holmgren and how they translate to the NBA. I love Schmitz, okay? We have him. No, I, I love him. He's awesome. But in November, I want to talk about March, not June. I want to talk about college basketball players in college. You're allowed to do that. That's how we do it. Because it's our space. And that's how I'll treat that sport on my show. And if others want to go the other way, that's fine. But I can't stand that these players are viewed through this lens only of what their skills are going to be in the in the NBA. Like, guess what? Look at Cade Cunningham with Detroit. Like, you want to talk about that? Or you'd rather talk about him at Oklahoma State? Because one of them is actually kind of fun and the other doesn't matter. Like, Detroit stinks. And it's not his fault. But but my point is, it's going to be a while at the next level before they're going to do anything that really probably matters. But you're allowed to be good in college. And we're allowed to talk about it under that umbrella. And like, if your reaction to that the other night is, well, let's talk about him is like, what? how's his skill set for the NBA? How about his skill set in Cameron for the next three months? Let's enjoy that. They are. That's why they're here. Mm. And if we did it, like we wouldn't do a college football highlight and talk about like Bryce Young and how his skills are going to translate in the NFL. We're going to talk about how he went 97 yards to win the Iron Bowl because the Iron Bowl matters. Now, is the is the game in Vegas between Duke and Gonzaga the Iron Bowl? Of course not. But it was a kick-ass game that's a standalone college moment. And I can't stand looking at it through any other lens than that. I'm right with you. I had it written down because, and I'm the same way. I love Schmitz. He's as good as what he does at this company. I wanted to hear Billis after the game talk about the game he just called because you could tell 
he was, I mean, Billis is really, really hard to impress. To impress. <laughs> really hard to impress. Yeah. Uh, if you don't believe it, just ask him. Um, but, but, but you I wanted to but hear you, Bill, but, like, but, you could just tell in his voice, like when Bills gets excited, that takes a lot. And there were some circumstances and situations in that game where he, I felt like he was just like, wow, that just happened. And that's what I wanted to. And I, and I agree with you. I have something I love. Excellent. Um, positivity. That's what this pod's about. We're the, we're your home for positivity. Um, Got a chance to go see my first NFL game in a long, long time last night. And I couldn't get everybody talks about here now is Ravens or the Washington football team. And everybody says the Ravens have the edge in every single facet, whether it's the uh, talent on the roster, the previous and current coaching staffs, the game experience, the stadium, all that. And everybody talked about how awesome the, the game was going to be. And Scott, I'm going to tell you right now, like Bills is Bills is really hard to impress. I'm I'm kind of one of those guys too. I don't I don't really like a lot of things. Not a lot. But they turn the lights down and this music starts going and it starts getting ready for for player intros before the game in, in the Ravens Stadium. And I'm telling you, like tingling and, and like getting like I found myself as jacked up as I have been in a long time, man. Like I was, they were announcing the defensive stars and I was ready to freaking jump out of the suite and get down there and get my ankles taped up. I haven't felt that in a long, long time. Um, I think I, I, I put I think, my time in. I think we have, I think we have a podcast title. It made me tingle. <laughs> the Ravens made you tingle. Oh my God. I was super jacked up for the start of that game, man. It is incredible. And I've been to every college in, 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 in America for their game day setting scene. I still always lean back to the, the pregame intros at Oklahoma and Nebraska. Those are like my favorite, but then you get like Alabama swinging, singing their song before the game starts. And obviously LSU would call Baton Rouge. Call them Baton Rouge yeah. That, that intro last night with the Ravens is something that is spectacular. How would you describe the four-minute sequence there at the end of the second quarter when teams turned the ball over, I feel like, 11 times, roughly? <laughs> that was the worst stretch of football. And then and then Lamar, it's third and 10 from the 13. He threw the pass from his 35-yard line for mm-hmm. a touchdown to Andrews. They've won six different games by a score already. They have the most wins in the NFL by a score. And, I mean, look, it's another Sunday of, like, not who's any good, but People are worried about the Rams now and like they're worried about, oh, should they have gone all in on Stafford? Like, uh, all right, well, we're not going to mention the defensive part of this. Like, <laughs> I, I get it. Stafford's throwing some pick sixes and whatever else. But um, Green Bay looks the part to me. New England suddenly looks the part for sure. They, I mean, they, their defense is nasty. They can run it. And uh, Hasselback pointed out on Sunday night how they're adding stuff to Max Plate. Like everyone wants to call him game manager, this and that. Mm-hmm. Like he he illustrated how he's putting them at the line of scrimmage in places and calling stuff out. Like you're seeing the growth of them and you're seeing Bill Belichick at, at his absolute best. Uh, and that has to be satisfying for him, right? I mean, Brady goes out, leaves and goes against the chip. Well, Belichick's got his team poised to to be right there on the, on the cusp of being a one seed in the AFC, which is amazing to me. No doubt. Uh, and I, it's, it's crazy. Like we're drawing, you know, talking at the game, like what is the realistic? Because Baltimore's got a rough schedule 
ahead and they're in the driver's seat for for home field, but I I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Um, and so yeah, it's fat. I mean, can you imagine the the home field going back through New England? It's going to be like Groundhog Day for some of those teams that have had to go there all the time and and never had success there. Um, I do want to mention people could say whatever they want him throwing four interceptions. The ability that Lamar has to hit certain creases when he is running the ball, like it, you don't think there's any space there. And he is that fast, man. It is, is incredible to watch. I couldn't agree more. It's so funny. There was, oh. there was, there was one run in particular. We were here at work last night, Steve, while you were enjoying, uh, you know, uh, uh, luxury. You guys suite. did fine without me. Luxury suite living up in Baltimore. Uh, there, there was one run in particular where it looked like he was running. He was running wide outside the box. And it's like, well, he's going to have to run sideways and he's going to lose a yard. He got between, he got between linebackers and, and corners or whoever, whoever was chasing him. They should have, they had angles. No, they didn't. He, it was like a nine yard run, but it was like the most impressive nine yard run I've ever seen. Cause it didn't exist mm-hmm. for anybody but him. And the thing about him, and we talk, I talk a lot about competitive arrogance and it, which is a positive. It sounds like it's, 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 it's not an insult. It's a, he threw four picks, but still had the competitive arrogance to make the play he made, which was the one touchdown they got to, to Andrews. And I don't know how many guys make that throw. You saw Clowney take his helmet off and slam it on the ground. Yep. You saw, you saw Miles Garrett go over to him with a smile on his head and shake his head. And you know, he had to be saying, man, all right, like, what can I do? What can I do? Uh, he's asked to do a whole lot, oh. but he can Yep. He can. And I think it's, you know, you have the value of seeing a, seeing a dude in person, I think can change how you, how you see him also. Uh, no doubt. You, you see things that, that others don't. Uh, we had, we have to wind this down. We got a lot to get to on this Monday night. Sure. Uh, I, I told you what I hate. You told me, you told me what we love. Do you have any questions on the way out? Anything else to get to anything important? What's the kid's favorite Christmas song? Hmm. It depends. Okay. I, I, All right, I, let's change it. Let's I, I, change I would add my answer is whichever one is on, but it's got to be like it can't be any of the like silver bells. That's that's what I was going to get. They don't want any of that Bing Crosby nonsense. When you got the Holly channel on. Yep. And it's on. What song is an automatically turning the channel? Baby is cold outside. Like what? Like this has been brought up a lot. It's not a Christmas song. And the dude is, it's like, she just wants to leave, man. She's like, I got to go home. No, baby, please don't leave. Come on. Hey, I'm just taking off my shirt. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) do my nipples look strange? Like, what, what are you doing, man? Put your shirt on and let the lady leave. That song. Maybe it's okay. cold outside. It's not a Christmas song. All right. Which well, I like them all. I like all the other ones. What's an automatic turn? You know, like, what are you turning when you hear it? The grandma one. Grandma got run over by rain. Yeah. They don't play that on Holly. I've heard it. People, a lot of people don't like the Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time. People don't like that for some reason. I That didn't trouble me. I don't care. Whatever. Just I just, give me, just give me Johnny Mathis. That's all. There you go. And then don't give me that. Don't the lady just wants to leave, bro. Let her go. You can walk her to the door. You can, you could walk her back to her house. If you want to make sure she gets home safe, but then you're going home. She's trying to leave. She is politely. <laughs> Let her go. All right. 
Good talk. Got my tree up. Got 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 lights on. We are full steam ahead. Charging into December. Steve Tingle. Thanks, Ravens. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>